And we're back. You are listening to Lights, Camera, Cleveland. Oh, those poor folks at home having <laughs> to listen to this. No, I'm so sorry. I'm Rob Alderman. With me, as always, uh, the Hollywood Slinky. And with him, as always, AMC Mike. Hello. Who picks a topic? Ready? Go. Who go. Wait, who picks it? Was that a question? Yeah, AMC you, Mike. Well, okay, you, you asked. You didn't say. I said AMC Mike, who picks a topic? Ready? Go. As in, she whom picks the topic. Ready? Go. Oh, Rocky Horror turns 40. The Rocky Horror Picture Show was released 40 years ago. How does that, like... Here's, I guess this would be the weirdest thing about the Rocky Horror Picture Show turning 40, is like, we're 40-ish. Yeah. And I didn't realize that it was released like when we were just being born. Yes. That makes it a little more creepy. Like, when you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's already creepy. Why is it creepy? I don't, do I have to justify that with like my statement that it's creepy? Well, what, okay, what, like, no, okay, hold, how about hold this? on, hold on. To the people what? who don't dress up and go do the things, there's a lot about it that's kind of creepy-ish. You know, it's about a, an alien transvestite who lures people into his creepy cabin. Isn't it? All right, I was asking, uh, let, let me finish my question. <laughs> okay. What do you think is creepy about it? Is it the movie that's creepy, the fact that people are drawn to it that's creepy, or the <laughs> fact that it's been going for 40 years straight? That's right, well, I wasn't putting the middle part in it. I think, like, fans are fans, whatever they're fans of. Like, there are people out there who are fans of the human centipede. You know, like, that's I don't that's infinitely like to, more creepy. I don't actually like to believe that there is <laughs> anyone that's truly a fan. I think right? they're all trolls. That's probably true. That's probably true. But you know what I'm saying. No, they're centipedes. So, so I, no. wasn't saying, I wasn't saying, like, that the fact that it has fans Get is it? creepy. Because they eat their poo. But, but... And then the guy behind them eats their poo. Stop, dude. Stop. And then Stop, man. Stop. Stop. I'm begging you to stop. Listen, I'm trying. Please stop, dude. Please quit. Please. <laughs> please stop. I'm sorry that I used that as my example. It's a poo. Yeah. I, please quit. Please quit. Quit. Oh, God. What? Where have we begun? <laughs> Where have we begun tonight? September 26th, 1974. Yeah. 75. I'm sorry. was when uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show was first released in theaters. Right. It was a bomb. Yes. It did not do well. And then one day someone said, you know what might make this better? (laughs) Is if we made fun of it through the whole thing. Okay, well, that's that's not exactly what happened. Okay, what happened? Um... It it was uh it, it bombed horribly and then they basically released it to a bunch of like midnight showing late night crap theaters just trying to fill space <coughs> and um there are several different rumors amongst the the rocky crowd of who yelled the first line and what the first line was uh but the iconic uh, names that Brad and Janet are yelled are supposed to be some of the very first things that were ever yelled in a movie theater during Rocky Horror that people realized if we keep doing this time after time, it becomes funnier. I think there are a few cultures 
that would disagree and say that they were yelling at the movie screens long before the Rocky Horror Picture Show people were. But, no, she's saying, like, within its own culture. She's saying, like, within its own culture, they realized if they kept going on and on that it would become a joke. Sure. That would become yeah. a thing. Here, Here is the thing for me now, like... This is one of those moments where it's almost unfair to Ryan and I because you are mistress of the Rocky Horror. I wouldn't go that um, far, but okay. True or false, you've driven to Atlanta to watch Rocky Horror. Uh, false. Oh, I thought you drove all the way to see it in Atlanta or something. No, Crazy. I drove... Uh... Where did I drive? Uh, to oh, Asheville. You yeah, to, to Asheville. Asheville. Oh, Asheville. Okay, same difference. Mm-hmm. Farther. Yeah, which is far Right, away, so anyway, that cements you in our group as the mistress of Rocky Horror. Right. So I rest my case. The defense here rests. Here's what I was getting at with the creepiness or like the, the I guess, just what Rocky Horror is or, or does out there in the world that isn't full of you true believers. Is I don't have any weird issue with Rocky Horror. I've seen it, I don't know, I've probably seen it four or five times in my life. You know, right. enough, enough. And I've been and I've been to see it in the theater maybe twice. OK. Um, and when I was in junior high, my here's my my Rocky Horror story. So when I was in junior high, I had a friend named Scott Lynn and he had a dad named Bear and Bear was the security guard at the crappy theater in Maryville. Yep. And. So when we were in junior high school, we would just hear, like, there's this crazy thing that goes on at midnight on Fridays at the crappy theater. Now, that was a theater we never wanted to go to, except we would go sometimes when we didn't have money. Like, it was so crappy. Do you remember that theater, like, how after a while it got condemned because, like, it had holes in the walls and all sorts of craziness? Like, it was a theater that I could barely get my dad to drop me off at, right? And when you're in junior high, that's important. Like, you don't want your dad going with you. Mm-hmm. So I explained, I need to go to a midnight showing of a movie at the crappy theater. And dad was not terribly for it, but I was like, it's cool because Bear's going to be there. Right? Mm-hmm. So we go, and as soon as we get in line, I realize, like, this is nothing I've ever seen before in my oh, life. Oh, absolutely, it wasn't. Like, yeah. people are dressed up at this thing. Like, it's, I mean, it's crazy. And then we get in, and it's like... I mean, it's like insane. And to be honest, it was actually a little frightening to junior high Rob because I'd never seen anything like this. Like the crowd was almost like out of control. It's not like when you hear somebody tell it and it's like everybody's just doing the script part. Okay, well, you know, yeah, no, absolutely. This was not that. I personally, I think junior high is too young to go to Rocky Horror. It felt pretty young. Yeah, no, (laughs) absolutely. Like I said, I remember being actually scared. Sure. And, and to be fair, junior high was too young for it. Was even more too young for it back when you were in junior yeah. high. Yeah. Than it would be today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Like, you know, I mean, like the, the topics of of transgender and homosexuality, and I mean, these topics are more mainstream today than they were. When right. Yeah. Were, absolutely. So, right. You know. Well, I, I've pulled up just since we're talking about it. Well, actually, real quick before you. Uh... Before you do that, I'd like to do a little side note to what Rob was saying. Um, the theater that Rob uh, went to go see Rocky Horror the first time is actually the theater that I used to perform at. There you go. And, what were you uh, doing but, looking at my wife in her underwear? What the? Um, I was in junior high. I didn't even know. 
That's and, even worse. Do you know what kind of hormones junior high students have? Yeah. Um, and and the uh, and Bear was our security guard. You know, like he 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 was the one who would check people as they came into the theater to make sure they weren't bringing anything in they weren't supposed to during the show. And Bear was amazing. Like, I've never seen a person who could eyeball someone and, and, and not pat certain people down and then pat other people down because he knew who was carrying something and who wasn't. At one point, you know, because during Rocky Horror... When you say one something, of, I'm assuming typically it was drugs, right? It's not funny that you weapons. say that. It's uh, funny that you well, say that because... I was actually given a butterfly knife from Bear. Bear gave me a butterfly knife in junior high uh, that he took off someone in line. Sure. At, you know, at the midnight showing. Sure. Um, well, what he mostly pulled off of people, though, um, they were weapons is a strong word for this, but you're, you guys are going to laugh. But uh, one of the things that people would throw at Rocky Horror is you throw rice. Right. Because uh, Janet's uh, last name is Weiss. In one of the one of the jokes, is people go, "Did you say rice?" And then people would throw rice up in the air. I always um, thought they threw rice because it was a wedding. Well, that as well. There's two times. You know, there's a couple times rice is thrown. Um, I'm, and, I'm very knowledgeable. Oh this. yeah. Um, and what people would do though is that you know you bring your own. A lot of people would bring your own rice to throw, and um, people would try to smuggle eggs in. Why? So they because they thought were they, they were going to fried rice. That's a good question. Wow, no. Um, they, because they would tr want either try to throw it at the performers or the screen. Um, and technically, if you throw an egg just right, you can really hurt somebody. Like if they get hit in the temple Did you ever get hit with an egg? I did not. Because Bear was awesome and never let one get well, in. Well, Bear was my buddy when I was little. He's not. Yeah. He's not. He's dead, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He passed away. Um, but he. Uh, Bear was a lot of great things. Taking good care of himself wasn't high on the Yeah, Bear's no, list. he took care of everyone else, but not <laughs> not himself. So, all right, anyway, so, yeah, give us some. All right, so here's the deal on on what happened with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. All right, it came out in uh, September of '75. Uh, it it played terribly, uh, didn't do very well. It was considered a failure, and and its wide release got canceled, and the movie was just shelved. Uh, on April Fool's Day in 1976, a guy by the name of Tim Deegan, uh, he was an advertising executive at 20th Century Fox, he persuaded the owner of uh, the Walter Reed organization to replace the midnight show at the Waverly Theater with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. The Waverly had always done midnight shows, but they had always sh typically shown um, El Topo and or they would show Night of the Living Dead which are both very famous midnight show films. Right. Yep. Um, and the manager, uh, he, he did it and became fascinated with it. Uh, and so this, this manager started her own like advertising campaign with pictures in the box office window and all this stuff telling people, this is a <laughs> film not to be missed. You know, I don't know why she talked like a guy there, but that's, that <laughs> made, I don't know. Yeah, that anyway. seems right. Uh, and, uh, and so she started playing this show this movie every night at midnight, and then she started playing uh, the record of the play. The, the you know it was originally a musical on, yes. on Broadway, or I don't know, maybe off Broadway. I don't know. If it was London. On I don't not, even know if it went to actually yeah. London's. Yeah, you're right, London. Um, and uh, so she started playing the record of the the musical soundtrack to warm the the audience up, 
and it's a very boppy, rocky. Yeah, it's very rock. It's very song. rock and roll. And so everybody got in these part this party move, and so they it, it got them excited, and so they started booing the villain and cheering for the heroes uh, and stuff. And then before you knew it, there was regulars who went every week and were reserving the same seats in the front row of the balcony and things. Uh, and they were, uh, um, you know, they were the first people to actually come dressed in costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that really started um, in Halloween, uh, around Halloween. And um, So it started as a way to, like, dress up for Halloween and have some of, fun yeah. that way. And then at some point, uh, it says on Labor Day weekend of 1976, one of them, uh, a kindergarten teacher from Staten Island named Louis Farise... Uh, decided that uh, he wanted to yell at the screen and he's credited as being the first person to yell uh, to yell lines what do they call them audience participation lines right AP AP lines lines, yeah the first person or call back to yell an AP line at this film and the the first line he yelled was buy an umbrella you cheap bitch to Janet while she was walking (laughs) in the rain yeah Uh, and then his second was he started yelling how strange was it during one of the criminologists' speech? <laughs> um, they he originally called it counterpoint dialogue, but that didn't <laughs> that didn't stick. Uh, and then, of course, Halloween brought about people starting to to dress as the characters. <laughs> um, they started lip syncing the record as it was played before the movie, which eventually developed into a small miniature floor show. And the next thing you know, you have what is now the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That is out of control. That's crazy. Yep. The the one I always remember was being I remember being in the movie theater and people were kind of yelling and doing their thing, but uh, it was kind of tolerable. And then all of a sudden, everybody yells at once, "Hey, Riff, show us your mother!" And it scared the crap out of me because, because like it I, was a nobody, skeleton. Well, no, because nobody had warned me. It was a real that, like, skeleton. This was like a real thing that was going to happen. Like like I said, like it was just sort of bedlam. Because you got to figure, like, by the time you were in the show, would have been, like, I mean, if I'm in junior high, I'm 12. When did you start doing the show? I was 17 when I started. Right. So it's like, we're talking about, like, five years from when I saw it, or more, you know, to when you start doing it, Mm because you're a little younger than me. So it's like, I mean, at that time, like I told you, my buddy Scott just was like, it's like a crazy party. And then I went. And, and then I was is. frightened because it was just out of control. Sure. And then all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, like when everybody yelled, hey, Riff, show us your mother, I realized, wait a minute, like there are rules. Everyone knew a thing was going to happen and then they yeah. did it and I don't know. Like, yeah. And then everybody had newspapers and people were like uh, during the rain scene, people were squirting water guns yep. and like it was like <laughs> everything was just crazy to me. And I realized, like, man, I am just not. I think I'm adventurous, but I'm not as I'm not up to this. Right. You know, it was well, like it was like a bit. It was just too much. I, I do again. I think <clears throat> I think twelve is is very young to be bringing somebody, especially if you don't warn them, right? Or yeah. show them the movie beforehand. Well, now the Rocky Horror Picture Show is you know it's now the the longest release. Of a film ever. Yep. Meaning it's been in theaters for longer than any film in history, uh, which, of course, it's now been in theaters for 40 40 years. Um, And the other interesting thing about it is, uh, anyone care to guess what its lifetime gross is? 
Oh, wow. I don't uh, know. It's just a domestic number. But <laughs> its lifetime domestic gross is 112 or, I'm sorry, 112,892,000. That's so funny. 112,000 yeah, dollars. Yeah, no. 16. 16 dollars. No, so it's made 100 in, in 40. It took 40 years. Right. 40 for years. It to make 113 million bucks. 40 years to make what Pacific Rim made in two weeks. But here's the. No, it's actually. Yeah, but you know what? It is way more beloved. Than Pacific Rim. Nobody's dressing up like Pacific Rim. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. It, I'm going to go to the next showing of Pacific Rim, and I'm going to yell out like, Shatterdome! <laughs> wow. You're only allowed to yell Shatterdome if you go in blackface. Hey, Kaiju, show us your mother. I'm working well, on my AP line. So get yeah. this. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is the 18th highest domestic grossing film of all time. Yeah. That's kind of impressive, though. Yeah. I mean, even if it took 40 years. Yeah, like, slow and steady wins the race. Right. Well, our hat's off to you, Rocky. Yeah, number 19. At 40. Number 19 is Dr. Zhivago, and number 17 was American Graffiti. So <laughs> Fair. Yeah, kind of interesting. So, uh, and, and what's neat about it though is, I mean, it's still gaining money. Like it's, it's still going strong. And as long as kids want to dress up like transvestited ghouls, it will well, continue. Well, what's what's important about Rocky is that it gives a place for for people who <clears throat> need a place to go. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it really is for a lot of it's people. Ner- it's nerddom and geekdom at its best. Yeah, right? because yeah, it, I agree it, with that. It really is a safe place for people to go to go. Do I want to try this? I tried it. I don't like it. Or I, you know, hey, I, I tried you know dressing like this or whatever, and they're comfortable when they go. Oh wow, okay, it, it's a it's a safe place to. I don't want to say experiment because that's not quite the word I, I'm looking I for. I know what you mean though. Yeah, um, no, it's about like I I do think if nothing else. The maybe not the I'm going to put it this way. Rocky exists on two levels. And so one is just let's go out and be crazy. Right. Well, people Mm -hmm. choose a lot of different ways to go out and be crazy. But then there are people like you that find a place there in the midst of that. And it takes on a purpose. And the purpose isn't let's go out and be crazy. There's like a togetherness, a spirit of adventurousness, um, artistic but there's this, also family, you know, like, and it, so it's almost like a fraternity. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Right. And what was really neat is uh, this past year, I, I had the chance. I got to meet the actor who played Brad. All um, right. Barry Boswick. Thank you. I always I always butcher his last name. He was he went on to be the mayor on Spin City. Yes. That's where most people. Yeah. Know him from. And um. And, you know, when when I got to meet him, I had I had Dakota with me. Right. And I was. I, I was almost in tears just because, you know, this movie meant has meant a lot to me in my life and has changed me. Right. Like, you know, and um, it, it changed your life in, in like the in the same way that like Porky's changed Rob's. Wow. Whoa, man. Is, <laughs> you're breaking like you, you said blackface. You've done yeah, a couple you other things like <laughs> you're kind of there's a little something going on with you. Tonight, he feels. Do you need a Snickers? He's got a little something going on tonight. Jeez. I'm just being funny. No, mm, that's debatable. Um, 
No, but um, I got I got to meet Barry, and and I went up to him and I was like, I just want you to know how important you know Rocky Horror is, and he goes, Oh no, I know, and it wasn't him being like snarky. He was like, it it is an important film and it helps people, and I was go. like, okay, like it it made me very happy that as an as an artist as an actor he understood the significance of of what he had done sure you know and so so yay well, happy birthday our, our hats off to you rocky horror and bear yes floating bear. in the sky above us <sighs> watching the gates of heaven to Making make sure, sure there's no eggs getting smuggled no in. eggs and butterfly knives get through it was always awesome scott would always bring like Knives or brass knuckles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, whoa, where'd you get this? He'd be like, my dad took it from somebody at the theater. I'd be <laughs> like, you mean like the theater where people get murdered? And there are holes in the wall? I wish I could remember the name of that theater. Do you remember it? Uh, it was the... Um... Do you remember? It's out of my head now. I could have I could have said it a minute ago. I don't know. Goodbye, crappy theater. Do they do they still do Rocky in Maryville? Uh They do it in Hobart now, okay. at the at the little art theater there. So it still lives on. Mm-hmm. So when you go home, you can go and see your pals. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's there. You go there. You have it, dude. That's like I, I don't know, man. Rocky's its own thing. That's the one thing that I think. Like, if I was gonna if somebody was gonna say to me, like, tell me about Rocky, the one thing I'd be able to say is. It's not like anything else. I always, and that's like the rarest. Yeah. That's the rarest thing when it comes to movies is to find something that like defies a genre. Like mm-hmm. there's no. You can't just go, it's a musical. It's not a yeah, musical. No. It's not a comedy. It's not a horror. It's not like. It's, it's an so experience. much. It's like so much stuff. Uh, so yeah, anyway, I, I always, there you go. I always tell people. The, you know the two. Th- you know you know. Be prepared. They they do use strong language. Be yeah. prepared if you can't handle. You know strong language. Don't go. And everyone should go once. Well, there you have it. But not necessarily when you're twelve. Not when you're twelve. I, I think you should be. Probably old. don't go. Probably Seven. don't go then. Don't don't go when you're twelve. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on. Moving on from that. It's time for Slinky's already said some crazy things but now it's time for him to hit me bum 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 And we're back. I mean, we didn't really go anywhere. That's the truth. Like, we sat here and bopped our own heads to our theme song. 
That's how we're we like do. that. Yeah. Slinky, are you ready? Yeah. Slinky, are you ready? Yeah. Slinky, are you ready? Yes. Then hit me with some box office numbers. Number five, Black Mass. It's been out for two weeks. Uh, its weekend total was $11 million, bringing its two-week total to $42.1 million. Yeah. What do we think of that? I was, you know, it's like, the kind of, you ever, you ever seen a movie that you look, you watch the trailer for it and you thought, well, that looks really good and I probably could care less about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I felt about that's it. That's how I felt about it. That's how I on, felt about it too. On the flip side, it did, I mean, I think I mentioned this last week, but it did set up a great joke on the Conan O'Brien show yeah. where he brought out uh, Tidy Whitey Bulger. Right. Right. You know, I'm actually surprised it hasn't done better. It, it, Me too. Bec- well, because it feels. What's the the mob the Irish mobster movie? You uh, like Boone it? Dark Saints. Yeah, it, it kind of feels like that. Yeah. And and so I figured like every because because that movie also has a big cult following. Yeah, you know what? And this movie is interesting because people have been waiting for it for so long, and everybody was wondering. Like, would they be able to really pull it off well? And now it looks like they have. But ultimately, like, I'm having trouble caring. Like, even though, like, they've run tons of ads. Like, I've seen the ads so many times. And, it, it looks like, well made, but just it looks not well made and, and I'm just not there. Yep. And, and, like, that's a problem because I am the target audience. Right. Right, yeah, that's what you know I'm what saying. I mean? like, yeah, like, like, like it is, it, it's made for me. Uh, number four, Everest, bringing in $13.2 million its second week. Its first week, it was 23, or its uh, two-week total, $23.3 million. Interesting thing about that one is that one's actually moving up. It was in fifth place last weekend, and it was fourth this hmm. week. It's starting to expand into the bigger, into like the chain theaters, too. Yeah. So part of that is distribution because it opened on IMAXs. So it was on a lot less screens to right. begin with. And now, you know, people were having to pay like 20 bucks a ticket right, to see it. And now they are they can just go see it. So. Yeah. So not only are the characters climbing up, so is the movie. What? Number three. Can I see what you did there? The Maze Runner. The Scorch Trials. You haven't been yet. I want to. To Everest? No. She wants the Scorch Trial, bro. Well, if you'd ever come babysit my kids so I could go see it. Hey, Riff, show me your mother. $14.3 million, bringing its two-week total to $52 million. It's doing well. That's halfway to a Rocky Horror. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Everything's going to, from here on out, every movie, we're just going to compare it. to. That's that's a half a Rocky Horror. That's three-fourths of a Rocky Horror. It's It's actually... It's like an astronomical unit, except like it's now a, a box office unit. It's a little step to your left. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Uh, number two, The Intern. Oh, wait, you know what I just remembered? The Intern? No, Chad used to play that crazy doctor in the wheelchair. Actually, he used to play the criminologist. Are you sure? Yes, well, I, yeah, he you was in sure. my... Yes. yes. I was going to say you'd be and the sure. Reason, the reason I know this is because... He wouldn't play the crazy doctor in the wheelchair because the crazy doctor in the wheelchair at one point at the end has to put on pantyhose and he was concerned that if he was ever photographed wearing pantyhose, it would ruin his political career. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Man, suddenly I like Rocky Horror so much more. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, Chad, if you're listening to this, because we know you're a big fan. How's that, how, Chad, how's that political career coming along? Did it hurt? Oh, did the, the Rocky Horror hurt you did or it help hurt you? your political aspirations? How did it work oh, out? Stop. He's in a mood, man. He's your husband's in a I mood tonight. I don't know what is going on. Number two, The Intern. Uh, this movie premiered this week, bringing in $17.7 million. Uh, you know, not not bad, I guess. I it's mean, done well. It's like, you know, it's got a pretty decent political career. Num- number one, I guess, because we're... Yeah, that was, that was apparently all we had to say about it. Number one, Hotel Transylvania 2. This one had a huge opening, though. $48.5 million. Heck yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a strong. We've been starved for children's movies. Yes, yes we, we have. have. And so we know how these do. Right. And, and it looks Well played, looks okay. Sandler. It looks okay, too, yeah. on top of it. I mean, we haven't had a children's movie since Straight Outta Compton. It's no, I mean, it's no meatloaf driving around in his motorcycle just before he gets killed. Uh, what is? Nothing. I'm gonna just keep making Rocky Horror uh, references. The rest did you of the did you know that it only turns 40 once, y'all? Hold, hold, hold on, I'm I'm gonna nerd out for a second. Did you know that he actually couldn't ride a motorcycle, so they actually attached handlebars to like a wheelchair or something and wheeled him around and and filmed it that way because he was too scared to to try. To I felt like the, he was worried that driving a real motorcycle would ruin his political aspirations. Well, you know, he. I would think uh, being on Broadway in plays probably did that, but, well, you know. I don't know. He would do anything for love. He would. Oh, but he won't do that. So that was number one. Is that it? On this segment? That's Play it. like people cheering or something. Um, or a bois. Well, what if I told you uh, that the name of the movie theater... Oh, Crossroad that... Cinema. Crossroad Cinema. Yes. I knew it would come to me. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. I'm going to try to be prepared next week with a Crossroad Cinema monologue. <laughs> oh, Crossroads. <laughs> I remember it. Remember how when you went in, you like stood in that weird long line that was all along the front window? Yeah. <laughs> do you, you want to know the creepy that stained gross red carpet oh no the the actually the carpet wasn't the worst what was worst was the tile floor because your shoes would stick to it and go i remember thinking oh. it was really weird i remember my dad getting pissed because it was like the place that we would go like when when, when he and i would go to movies we went to the one by the mall but like for me like going to the crossroads with my buddies and like i remember him being like Robert, there are like holes in the wall here. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's like this place. He'd be like, you and your friends are gross. <laughs> Go somewhere good. Go somewhere the, good. To the watch the worst was having to change co- costumes. You know, because in Rocky, you have to change costumes for whatever character you're playing. And so, like, it was always this toss up of, oh God, do I go to the to the, go, go to the bathroom and try to change. Right. And and have to deal with the gross floor and, right. you know, and change there. Or do I hope that I have cast members that will hold up a sheet while I change in the little alcove? 
So this was really formative to your life. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of big decisions going on. To this on. day, oh, yeah. when she changes, she makes me hold sheets up. Well, yeah, that's true. That's right. That's <laughs> the best way. Well, uh, well, we're done with that segment. Where do you want to head next? Mm. I don't want to so say where we're headed because every single time I do, you go, actually. Actually. This. Well, you know. So I don't want to say. I wanna, I'm ready to just roll. I'm being flexible. I'm not comfortable with that. I'm being flexible like Chad's political career. Does that mean you won't wear fishnets either? No, I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't. Oh, okay. You know what's weird to me is that, like, when I did some specific Googling trying to find the name of that theater, Mm -hmm. like, I found photos of you from, like, 19, you know, 87 or or whatever, like. Yeah. Really? Oh, look, it's my wife, half naked on the internet. Yeah. (laughs) Where things just remember it. Forever. Yeah. Just remember it never goes away, everyone. And all I could think was, well, there goes her political career. <laughs> Which is much better than what I thought you were going to say something like, oh, wow, you looked hot then. So good. I'm, I'm not, proud of I'm, you, hon. I'm not in this conversation at no, all. No, you I'm are now. I'm you not are now. either. Wow. No, I'm not. You guys thought I was in a mood. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> you let us here, Slinky. Yeah. You let us here. I blame Captain, you. oh, Captain. I blame you for everything. You know, I don't understand this obsession with blame that you two have. Ryan, I would do anything for love. Walk right into hell and back. I don't do like, anything, but I won't do that. I don't like the way you've taken responsibility and turned it into a negative thing. Nobody ever walks in and goes, who's responsible for this amazing podcast? Well, they don't with this podcast ever, anyway. Ever, yeah. It's something you never do. Yeah, no. Ever. We probably shouldn't even be like fighting over it because it's not going to happen yeah what's next i have sad news okay okay john gillerman the man who directed my favorite film of all time the towering inferno passed away today oh i'm sorry he was 89 years old wow what did he pass from um don't say death It doesn't say. My suspicion is perhaps just being 89. Sure. Okay. Um, I mean, you know. Yeah. It's getting there. Let's, let's all be honest about that. That is not a spring kitchen. No. Or a spring chicken. <laughs> spring kitchens are nice, though. They have sinks and tables. And millennial and chairs. falcons. Uh, yeah. He also directed the 1976 remake of King Kong. Uh, and he also filmed uh, El Condor and Sheena and King Kong Lives and, yeah. of course, Shaft in Africa. What? Okay, okay. Yeah, so... Um, what, a, what a strange repertoire. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's sad. That is. Yeah. Roger Ebert actually referred... To, said that the Towering Inferno was the best of the mid-70s wave of disaster films. Uh, The movie's budget was so large it actually required two studios to fund it, uh, and it was the first time in Hollywood that that had ever occurred. Now it's pretty common. You know, you get movies like Pacific Rim, and they they split it up like that, but uh, um, what had happened, it's kind of a funny story, but what had happened is that... uh, Warner Brothers was making uh, a high-rise, you know, disaster fire okay. movie based on a book called The Tower, um, and then Fox was making a high-rise fire disaster movie based on a book called The Glass Tower. 
And so they said, well, if we're both making the same movie, yeah. let's just pool our monies together and make get it, Steve yeah. freaking McQueen and Paul freaking Newman and uh, fill this cast up and round it out with a little O.J. Simpson, let him save a cat, prove he didn't kill his wife, and boom, <laughs> we've got a classic. Wow. So there you go. There we have it. You know, I don't like uh, disaster movies like that, mm-hmm. but it is it is a... <coughs> I don't like it, but I can say that it is a great movie. Right. You know, so. So if you haven't seen it, people should go watch it. I really like it. I've never, I've never understood why it was your favorite of all time. I I mean, because it has been for as long as I've known you. I am fascinated. First of all, um, it's as old as I am. You know, it came out in 74. Right. Uh, It's a, it's a, a year older than Rocky Horror, but I don't know how many Rocky Horror Pictures shows worth of. Right. Uh, <laughs> of box office success it's had. Um, but I can tell you that uh, the thing that I find so fascinating about it is that for a film made in 1974, it does a really amazing job. First of all, the special effects are great for, for the time. Uh, it's one of the first of the 1970s, you know, disaster films. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but really what piques my interest and fascination in it is that it's got like 30 main characters. Yeah, it does. And not only does it have a ton of main characters, but it splits them up into three groups. There are the people on the ground floor who are planning the fire and, you know, kind of looking up at everything that's happening. There is a group of people who are in the middle of the tower, sort of trying to navigate their way out of it. And then there's a group of people trapped on the top floor of the tower. So not only do you have, you know, 15 main characters, they're divided into three different places. And somehow uh, this they managed to make it so that as a viewer, you know where all of these people are, both physically and emotionally, right. in their journey of this film for the whole, you know, almost three hours. And I think that, especially to have been 40 years ago, it, it's a really, it's a big feat. And, sure. um, and I've, I've always been fascinated you by it. You were kind of taken by the scope. And they don't do it through, you know, one of the things about, about action films is that they a lot of times sort of, uh, they, use, they use cheats, they use, yeah. they use um, flashbacks to make right. you care about the people trapped. Yeah. And this movie didn't do that. It managed to convey all of their, you know, their problems and personalities right. as you watched the disaster. And so I, I just, it's an unhandicapped script. And I think that it's, it's, it's just, it's always interesting to me. Well, good. And Steve McQueen and Paul Newman. Yeah. Right. You know, well, you, you can't, you can't deny no awesomeness. And you've got, uh, I've got, I actually have one of the original actual theater movie posters for the film on my wall here and I was just kind of was looking over at it and thinking about the you know Anne Hathaway and William Holden and um, Fred Astaire is in it uh, OJ Simpson Paul Newman Steve McQueen yeah, it's, epic. It's, just, it's crazy crazy cast well fair it's enough a, a crazy 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 cast well where do you want to go from here Ten years ago today the brown coats celebrated as Firefly returned. And the film Serenity premiered in theaters. There you go. I don't hate it like everyone else does. I'm ill-equipped for this. 
I, I don't hate it. I don't, I don't, I, I don't think it was as good as it could have been, but I don't hate it. People, like, people seem to not dig it for some reason, but I, it, it, I don't know if, like, they just beloved the smallness, you know, the small versions. I think they, More than they can deal with the big version. Like, it was, it was a think, decent enough sci-fi film. I think it bit off more than it should have chewed. Is yeah. the problem for me? Like, I think that they they went into it trying to pan- be epic. They tried to pander to both the people who are familiar with the series and to the people who'd never seen it before, and ended up successfully connecting with neither group. Yeah, I mean that seems to be true. Like I said, I, I don't hear a whole lot of people who have much love for it. I feel very mad. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I mean, I, I. I love the TV, the the series. Yeah. I love the series to death. But well, if you love it I, so much, why don't you marry oh it? Oh my god, I totally would. She tried. I she totally put a ring on it. I did. She tried. Oh, she god. tried, dude. Um, but I mean, to I I one of I love teasing a Lassiter's Brittany gets mm-hmm. all emotional and like will will get like frustrated with me because. I purposely tag her whenever I see a meme about Wash. Sure. Because she do. It's too soon. Oops. You know, I'm like, it's ten years. That's really. It's really interesting because like, people still have this huge issue with that moment, and <laughs> and yet like it's like a thing that had like had to happen to someone, or we were just gonna be like what. Remember that time we were reading an article? This is, I think, before you were on the show all the time, AMC Mike. So uh-huh. forgive me for bringing up this, but Slinky mean, and I had this the conversation. Dark ages? Yeah, we called it the dark years. Those were the dark years. Yeah. Um, do you remember Slinky? That article that we had found that was like, "Quit calling Firefly the greatest sci-fi movie ever made." You mm-hmm. shared it with me. Brilliant article. Like, I wouldn't necessarily go so far as to say I agreed with everything, but it made a really compelling ar- argument, which was like, "Look." All shows are good at that point. Like right. it was never, it never had the chance to not be good, and we don't really know where it was going. So it's not even good to like weigh against itself. All we can do is be like, yeah, we like the basic premise and the actors were fun. Yeah, and people are like, it's a masterpiece, right? right. You know, and it's weird because it's not masterpieceish. Like when you go and you look at it, it's, it's like good. it's good, it's solid, right? Um, and it's incredibly charming and charismatic. Yes. Yeah, but I think, like, the point is, but behind that article, at least, was that does not the number one sci-fi epic make. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and it went on to, like, list, like, ten more that were easily better. Right? Um, and yet, like, that would be, you, people still are crazy for this show. Sure. And so pissed off about Wash. Like, they're so mad. Um, well, I, I'm, I'm not gonna, uh, I have other theories on, on Wash, but, uh, I think... You think he's alive still? No. Um, but... You're glad he's dead? I, I think it's funny that he's dead. I'm not glad he's dead, but I do think it's funny because people freak out about it. Um, I think that a lot of it, too, is that there are only a handful of sci-fi shows that feel like they are... I don't want to say directed to, but at least equally directed to females. Uh-huh. And Firefly is one of them. Yeah. Like, and, and so, like, there is a little bit of a, it's 
it, it opened, I don't want to say it opened doors because I also think like Farscape mm-hmm. did the same thing. Um, but, you know, shows that are uh, welcoming for girls to watch, for females to watch. Yeah, that's fair. Is is important, and I think that's, that's part something Joss of the... Whedon does. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. He loves the he loves the female empowerment. Yeah, even when it's not a female character, like he makes yeah. the the characters just more uh, open. I, I guess you know, like it, I agree, and yeah. I think he makes such good shows. Generally, yes. You know, I think I just think they're good. Yeah, mo- mostly yes. I, I I agree with you on that. Um. So I mean I think I think that's part of the reason that I guess what I was just getting at was like the movie was all right like if I already like Firefly I don't dislike the movie I I think part of it is it was it, it built up so much and it didn't answer a lot of questions kind of like the X Files movie yeah. Yeah, but like I don't... Like, was but, like, thank God there's going to be an X-Files movie, right? Yeah, and then, and it then it's like, the X-Files ah, movie, and oh, no. Yeah, nothing really, and now I'm just yeah. kind of... But I, I will say the movie does do that. Like, it's good, and I'm glad it's there. It doesn't put the period on the end of the sentence. No, no, not at all. Not you at know, all. But you know what? didn't for me. Going, going to X-Files, I don't need for the movie to put the period on, because the show's coming back. I know, and I'm glad. It's going to be so good! I mean, I don't know that it will be. No, it is. It's got but, Joel McHale in it. I mean, points there. Yeah. And and just... And that, to me, that, that doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, like, I like Joel McHale, but, like, uh, framing him framing him against the X-Files doesn't mean anything to me. But, I'm not, like, uh, I'm not being know, purposefully uh, argumentative. I'm just saying for it me... It means something to me because, like, there are just... Sometimes there are just actors people like, and he that's is fair. an actor yeah. I like. And I love the fact that in the new trailer they, that he actually says, you know, referring to the... The end of the world, he says, it'll probably start on a Friday. And that just makes me laugh. You know? All I know is I was so in, like, like Slinky can even say, like, when I when we watched the, the commercial for it, and they panned into their old office, and all the pencils were on the ceiling, yeah. I yelled. Yeah. I, I was just like, yes, that's you know, it. You know the thing, Here, here's what I'll say. You know the thing that you hope for? And so you're afraid to hope. That's where I'm at. No, I'm, like there is no. Fear. I want it to be. I if it's not as good as it was, I'll be so sad. Rob, Rob, we all want to believe. I know that's and my so point. believe. Just believe. It's okay. You're you're with true believers. We're all well. We can all be the lone gunmen together. Okay, I'm for it. As long as it doesn't end the way the lone gunmen ended. I, I just feel like <laughs> I just feel like you know. By the it, way, it just can't ugh. suck. It has to be good. It will be. What else you got, Slink? Anything good? Are we just done with our podcast now? <laughs> we're, we're exhausted. Um, in, I, uh, I feel like we put a lot into this podcast. At now. the Warner Brothers Studio tour in London, right? There is a display case that has the doll of Dobby, the elf. Right. That was used in the scene in the la- in the at the opening of the last Harry Potter film when he his his body is yes. car- is carried by Harry That's Potter. That's an intense scene. Was a well that was actually not a Spoiler. CGI. It was they actually made a, a, a doll of him basically. Sure. Uh, Easier for the actors to yeah emote you know, he, to. He carries him. Yeah. Um, and that doll is in a display case at at on the studio okay. tour uh-huh. at Warner Brothers Studios oh, in London. Okay. <clears throat> and. People have started leaving 
socks oh. at the oh. <laughs> at the at the display case because he's trapped and he should be freed. Oh. Right. That's fair. That's, That's fair. So sweet. So if, if you want to see that, um, you can you can Google it online. And, oh, and they find should it dress him and not have him in that outfit. Well, let him let him let him have a nice outfit. Poor Dobby. I don't know. I can only say like that scene in the films is way more intense than I wanted it to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't want to care. Yeah, it's about like this. you don't want to care, care about, about this freaking Muppet. Oh, but you do. <laughs> but I do. You do. I care so about good. you, Dobby. I totes care. I've been I've been debating on showing Dakota the first Harry Potter movie. Oh yeah. Like I'm like oh. Because and then because part of me is going yeah. if I show her the first one I, I she's gonna want to watch every other one and she's too little for the yeah there are one, some so that like, are not there so I'll I'll wait a little bit longer yeah that's fair well what else where 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 are we going next um well there what was we some what are we doing interesting uh, um interesting news about uh, Marvel okay today okay I'm ready um. They actually announced um, a new batch of television shows going direct to Netflix. Hmm. Um, and I know that we're typically, you know, we're not necessarily uh, um, television, per se. Yeah, yeah we talk a- about it so much. And it's connected to the movie. Yeah, it's all the same universe. Yeah, we just spent 20 minutes on Firefly. Oh, uh, that had a movie? Uh, Serenity. We were talking about Serenity. That's it. It was just the pre-Serenity we were talking about. So what shows did they announce? Well, they announced... Uh, they announced that chick one, right? The the girl? What's her name? Oh, well, we know Jennifer Jones is coming, and we know that uh, um, uh, Panther guy, what is... Yeah. Black Panther is coming, and we know that uh, they're all going to be together then with Daredevil in The Defenders. So we know those are coming, but... Oh, and uh, um, there will also be uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Sorry, it's not Black Panther, it's Iron Fist. Okay. Uh, and Luke so they are, they're, they are putting Cage. The Defenders together. Right. All right, cool. And they're going to do it all on Netflix. Yes. That's but, brilliant. But today... Uh, they announced that they were going to be doing a few other titles as well. Okay. So are we, uh, you know, I'm ready. Totally wow. excited about this. Uh, I'm excited. I'm ready. Right I'm excited. All right. So title number one, Moon Knight. Who's Moon okay, Knight? Okay. He was a defender. Well, yeah. Who was he though? I don't, I don't think I know that character. Was he a defender? Yeah, he was. In well, fact, his own comic just didn't do that great. That's why you hadn't heard that much about him. Okay, he's like this dude. You never see his face. He wears like a big silver cloak or white cloak, depending on the comic. And All right. he runs around. I think he may have a sword. Okay, he's pretty simple. So he's like dressed like the moon. He but does something like you know wield the power nebula or like oh, you know like that okay. kind of a thing. Yeah. But yeah, for a little while he was a defender. I would assume everybody that they are are making one of as a defender. You know they're... why I know is because I followed Angel around because Angel is one of my favorite X Men. 
Yes. And for a while, Angel ends up in the Defenders. So I know about Moon Knight because... Because he was uh, in there at the same time? at the same time, yeah. All right. Uh, they have announced The Punisher. Ugh. You almost have to. Like, you, it's hard to, like, have any cohesive... When you think about it, like, The Punisher really does... Is one of those glue characters... He shows up in so many storylines as not a major person, but as a as a minor person. I just he, he I kind of lump him in with with Wolverine, like he's meh. Well, you know he's a he's a uh, a victim of his longevity and his fan base, like you yeah, know, like so like many Wolverine. other things, but like well, yeah, like Wolverine, like Christopher Nolan, like all sorts of things that people <laughs> like or or hate. But, like, one thing I'll say is early on, like, particularly early on in the comics, he served kind of a really vital, kind of a vital role of, like, we're people. What would happen if we had enough, but we didn't have a, we didn't, you know, we didn't have, a, you know, adamantium claws, or we didn't yeah. have spider strength, or we didn't have whatever. Let's say we were just some people, and our our kid was murdered by some bad guys, and we decided we wanted revenge, Right. right. Like, like it, it served the purpose, and I, like that Green Arrow kind of served or, when he first started. Or like in Batman DC. was supposed to. Well, Batman, but not money. Right. Okay. You know, Frank yeah. Castle doesn't have money. Okay. So know. like, uh, well, I'm just saying, I don't know yeah. what you know about the character. And I, so a lot of those early Punisher comics were about making that sort of statement. I'm like a normal dude, and I'm not beholden to you heroes. Right. Okay. You know, your your law doesn't apply to me. Your you know, your superhero yeah, I, rules. I actually don't know a lot about Punisher, but uh like like my favorite like so I've only read very little, so like it's easy for sure. me to go, Oh, this one thing is my favorite is uh there's one episode well, I'm sorry, one issue of uh the runaways. Okay. Where Good the comic Yeah, where the comic where uh where they run, which is the Runaways, is a bunch of kid superheroes who who are trying to run away from their supervillain parents. Right. And all of the superheroes, the adults, are trying to like capture them as well because they don't know if they're good guys or not. And at one point, Punisher catches them on a rooftop, and he's like, you know, don't make me shoot kids, but I will, you know, cause he's the Punisher sure. or whatever. And he's getting ready to like be violent to them. And they're one of the runaways. I don't remember what her name is. Uh, she's the, the little one, the itty bitty girl. She's like uh-huh. the, the, the youngest out of them all. And her power is super strength. <laughs> and, uh, she ends up punching him in the gut cause he tries to hurt one of them. And she like breaks a bunch of his ribs right. and like just, like flattens him and like everyone just stands there and like at that point the runaways are like we need to go now because a toddler just crushed the punishment yeah and it was like because if he wakes up he will kill us all right and if he doesn't wake up we just murdered the punisher well you know they kind of used him when um you know they had this grim reaper type character called the scourge, the and, scourge. and the scourge's only job was to show up and kill off villains that they needed to kill <laughs> that had never taken off. Sure. And after He's just a while, the cleanup like, crew. He, he, that's it. The, and yeah. the beauty of the scourge was like he he was a master of disguise. So like you just basically 
like literally there were comics where it would say like across town a meeting of evil villains is taking place and it would be like three really poorly known villains right discussing how they're gonna rob a bank and all of a sudden like a little old lady would walk in and they go hey little old lady get out of here and she would pull out guns and kill them right and that's the scourge right well people ended up really liking the scourge and so they were like oh yeah you know, they were like, well, we kind of need, like, a The Scourge-type character, <laughs> but it can't just be, like, a weird old woman who kills people so the Punisher is born. You know, that sort of a thing. I think I think the Punisher would have been better as a weird old woman. Like, now I'm imagining my grandma with that skull t-shirt. It'd be awesome. Yeah. That's a little creepy. Were there any others? Any other shows they've announced? Um, Yeah, but now that I've, I'm looking at this article, it's a fake news source, so... It's, we just oh really? Like, yeah. So none of that's gonna so happen. None of that's true. Well, that's all right. That's kind of ridiculous. This is what happens when we decide Sweet. to change our format and do it live on the spot. I hate the internet. Because normally, uh, normally you I would have found that already. You know, that's I, okay. I, what else? What do we want to talk about now? So, if it matters, the other one was Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Oh yeah. That's when you realized it was a joke. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute. Wait. I, I saw that and I went, wait a second. And I started looking and then... Uh, uh, and it was fake. Yeah, and then it was just like, you know, hey, wah, I wouldn't wah. want to mess your podcast up or anything. Fooled you. Wah, 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 Fooled wah. you. So that's kind of it. There wasn't a whole lot of news that's know, all right. this week. To what do we want to do now? Um. Well... Carrot Cake sent us a review. That he well, did. Let's get him. Let's get him in here. Yeah. To read right. it. Well. To give us his review. All right. Well, give us a second. We gotta get him on the line. <laughs> That's. <laughs> That's our getting carrot cake on the line music. I don't know because that. That one's good. Awfully. Carrot Cake is our international correspondent. Yeah, he is. Coming to us live via the interwebs. Yes. Um, he is from Sweden. The interesting thing about living overseas is that they get movies sometimes long before we get movies, and sometimes they get movies long after. For example, in a weird twist, he always sees the Marvel Comics films before, like a yeah. week before they come yeah. out for us. And then, and then messages me telling me how great they are. I'm like, you jerk face. Yeah, he's kind of a poopy head that way. Yeah. But uh, we love Carrot Cake, and uh, he sent us a movie review. Let's do this. Hello. The movie Pixels. Can you say that again, Carrot Cake? Pixels. <laughs> a, a movie filled with bad jokes and stupid things and very exaggerated. <laughs> with that said, if one were to be looking for a stupid movie with bad jokes... To just sit with your shirt off and roll your eyes at, then it might be at least to offer a bit of enjoyment. 
like when you see me with my shirt off. Unfortunately, the movie slowly gets worse the longer you watch it. A halfway through is rather slow, and it is easy to lose interest as there isn't much appealing about it, unlike me with my shirt off. While it is a movie about gamers and their ways to view things, however, <laughs> it feels like the characters aren't actual gamers and the way they were written feel like people that have never been actual gamers. I still enjoy watching Peter Dinklage. And if you enjoy Josh Gad's odd humor, like you enjoy me with my shirt off, you at least will have that. Other than that, this feels like a typical Adam Sandler slash Kevin James movie. Similar to Grown Ups, but with arcade games and aliens and me with my shirt off. Well, there you go. Well done, Carrot Cake. I'm uh, glad he got to Pixels. That's an important one. It is. I was on the fence. I think he has answered all of the burning, burning hemorrhoidal well, well, questions. Yeah, well, I, have, I have a question, and I don't, you know, I think he's already hung up now. But uh, what did he mean? He didn't mean like Slash Slash, did he? <laughs> like Slash Fiction? Yeah, he didn't mean like <laughs> Kevin. What would that even be I like? I don't think so. Adam Sandler. And and Kevin James slash fiction. Yeah, like I'm 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 a little scared because now I'm thinking about I it. I think we're all right. No, I'm thinking think about it. On. It's not. I think is... we got to move on. Yeah, I'm just gonna say this before we move on. Oh. I, no, trust see, me. You see, I, I give you my thing. word. This is not going one of those places. This is one of those moments when I'm sorry Kenny has left us <laughs> because Kenny. Would be right here for me in my moment of Kevin's of uh, Kevin yeah. Sandler impression needs. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he would. That's true. That's true. So, we miss you, Ken Dog. Yes, yeah. we do. We miss you. You need to come back. Come back to us, Kenny. Come back. You can blame it all on Ryan. I do. Yeah, I know. I know you do, <laughs> man. I miss him so much. Oh. Kenny, if you were here right now, you'd be doing the best Kevin James impression. <laughs> or maybe it would be Adam Sandler. Or maybe it would be Adam James. Either way, it would be so good. If only you were here. You'd be saying something like, Look at me. I'm Mr. Eat Another Twinkie Head. Because I've got a Twinkie on my head. Doopy doopy doo. Boop boop boo. But you do it with a Kevin Sandler voice. You'd be talking about how Kevin Sandler always slipped and fell down in funny, hilarious ways. Or maybe 
about the way Adam James slipped and fell down in hilarious ways. Either way, it would be hilarious. I wish you were just here right now to pitch to us the plot for Grown Ups 3. <laughs> You're listening to Lights, Camera, Cleveland. Yeah, we're still here. I'm the Hollywood Slinky. With me to my right, as you can clearly see through this podcast, is AMC Mike. Hello. That's right. And to my forward side is... That's true. Rob. Better than your back. So are we, are we ready for the preview review? Have I we think, come to that place? I think we might be. I think we are. I'm going to do the yell. Yeah. Do the preview review mating call. <laughs> God. This is the preview review mating call. Oh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm... It is what it is. I can't stop it. Okay. It's time for the preview review. Review. This is the part of the show where we have taken a moment to read every single article, to watch every (laughs) single trailer and commercial, and... Review. Look at all of the films that are premiering this Friday and decide for you if you should see them or not. We've not seen them, so you don't have to. Review. That's right. We don't have to see these movies to know if we want to see them. We're professionals. We can look and say, yes, we think we would like this or no. We think you wouldn't like this, and you should listen before you spend your money. You know who couldn't do that? Who? Roger Ebert. No. He had to see them first. That's right. That's, that's right. not talent. No. He, that's a hack. Yeah. Well, Anyone no, can do that. stop. Do not even. <laughs> you can you can pick on a lot of them. Don't you pick know, on him. Roger Ebert would have been a preview reviewer, but he's afraid of ruining his political aspirations. Okay. It's true. Yeah. It's true. What movies we got? In fact, you know, a lot of people think that the first time somebody yelled yelled the B word at a movie screen that it was yelled at Janet during Rocky Horror Picture Show. But the right. truth is, right. the first time somebody yelled the B word in a movie theater, it was Roger Ebert, and he was yelling it uh, <laughs> at Gene Siskel. He's yelling for more butter on his popcorn? What? That was a weird segue. I don't know what to do with that now. All I've got is, I thought, uh, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> I got, no, I got nothing. Well, no, Let's that's not true. I had something, but it was one of those things that you guys would yell at me for, so oh, I can't, yeah. I'm not in the yelling mood as much as I am just <coughs> sad inside my heart. Yeah? Yeah. Well, what movie do we want to start with? Uh, let's start with, uh, man, both of these are great. So let's well, we already know how he's voting. <laughs> Jeez. You've been listening to Lights, Camera, Cleveland. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Yeah. Let's Man, start with... He the... just laid out his political aspirations right there. Right, right like there on the table. Meat, it was like meatloaf in a wheelchair with some, some handlebars. What are we starting with? The Walk. All right. The Walk. This stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, he is starring in this Robert Zemeckis-directed film. In 1974, high-wire artist Philippe Petit recruited a team of people to help him realize his dream, which was to walk 
the void between the World Trade Center towers on a tightrope. Uh, AMC Mike, what do you think of this film? Uh, um, this this movie that stars uh, uh, Joseph Joseph Gordon Levitt uh, doing a French accent. Um, croissant. Croissant. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like blue fromage. Um, you know, I, I I'm gonna admit I have not seen the documentary that that uh, was Man done. on a wire. Man, Man on, I have yeah, not Man seen Man on a wire. Um, so this feels like a documentary. Like it doesn't feel like a movie to me. It, it feels like probably a lot what the documentary felt like in some ways. I'm, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. Uh, it it looks great. It doesn't look like it's something that I want to go see, but mostly because it's it's it was made to be in 3D, and 3D gets me sick. Not just 3D, but it was made to actually. Zemeckis said that like the the best way to see this film is IMAX in 3D. Yeah, and I just you know just from the posters and everything I've seen, it looks like I'm going to be hurling in the aisle if I go see this. Um, I will say that one of the things I noticed beyond just like the the visual, you know, look how far from the ground I am moments they had in the trailer is. Uh, the sound was really neat because every time they would uh, show the do something with the wire, which is this big, heavy wire that you know because it's a in in you know it's a steel cable. Yeah, it's a steel cable. Is they would there was this underlying that metal sound that you know that wobble metal sound that the wire makes, mm-hmm. and that was really I, I actually noticed that in the trailer a lot. Like it, it kind of vibrated into my bones. You mean this sound? No. <laughs> no. I hope the I hope the wire doesn't make that noise. Yikes. Um, but you know I'm I'm gonna grate this movie, but I'm not gonna go see it because I'll become ill. Sure. What about you, Slinky? Well, um, you know, Man on Wire is, is an Oscar-winning documentary, and I have seen it. I think mm-hmm. Rob has seen it as well. Um, and Indeed. the documentary is stellar. Um, the topic is fascinating. One of the cool things about this uh, subject is that Philippe actually had to uh, – he didn't have permission. He yeah. had to, to find an inside man who would help them get into the towers after hours – and he had to, you know, get to the roof and and figure out how to get this 400 pound steel cable from one building to the other. And I mean, it was it was not simple. It was com- it was complicated. And one of the cool things about this movie is it looks like they treat it like it's shot like a heist film. Yeah. You know, but they're not stealing anything. Um, and I also think that one of the cool things about this movie is that it very much is shot to give you a sensation of what it was like to be out on the wire with him. And uh, um, that's it, it looks like they have been successful at that. Mm-hmm. And I do think seeing it on IMAX in 3D would probably be absolutely stunning. Um, visually, this film just looks incredible. Robert Zemeckis, of course, the guy who gave us Back to the Future, you know, who framed Roger Rabbit, like great director. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt can do nothing wrong nope. uh, except perhaps a French accent because uh, his French accent is... a it's a little rocky. All right, I'm going to say it. French 
French accents all are a little rocky, though. Like they <laughs> always—even the, the French sound like they're faking. Yeah, it. like like it, it always sounds a little cartoony. You're always gonna sound like Pepe Le Pew. Right? Yeah, and so, so maybe it's a really good. It's what one. we think of your whole country, France. I don't mean that meanly. <laughs> I'd love well, to go to France, but I just in France's defense, they make a good fry. Yeah. A good mm-hmm. toast. Yeah. Yeah. And a pretty all right kiss. And skunks that can talk. And yeah. skunks that can talk. So I'm going to grate this one, Robbo. I also loved Man on Wire. Man on Wire was my favorite documentary the year I saw it. So I guess three years ago, Man on Wire was my favorite, right? <laughs> or whatever. Um, and it's fantastic. At first, when I heard they were making this movie, I was a little pissed off because I thought, Man on Wire is so good if the real thing is so captivating. Why and isn't that it just is, at the theater? Yeah, and it is. And so, like, people ought to go People ought to go on Netflix and watch Man on Wire, like, immediately. Right. Like, it's fantastic. But it is such a neat story that I actually think it'll play real well in fiction. There are a couple things that I noticed from the trailer that bothered me that I pointed out when we watched it together, just saying, like, they over-dramatized some stuff that we know wasn't, like, this huge deal in real life because... In in the documentary, like let's face it, like they talk to everyone a lot, right? Right. Everyone, and they don't shy away from like his right. friends who thought he was crazy and his friends who thought he was greedy and his friends, right? Like, you know, they made this huge deal out of a couple things in the theater or in the in the preview that I won't even get into because I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Like, just watch it and and see it. But there are a couple things that just. Well, I'm going to say one. There, there's this moment where they're like showing the cable coming apart. And like the wood breaking, and he's like shaking, and the crowd is like, "Oh, it just didn't happen." Like, or if it did, it wasn't that dramatic, right? Yeah, it, it wasn't like if it did happen, it wasn't dramatic enough for the guy who actually lived it in real life to say so, right? Right? Like, like the guy who lived it in real life didn't say. And then there was the moment that the rope started to snap. Yeah. Right. Right. Because you know why? It's daring enough that he was just above the ground, right? The two, Twin Towers, right? So anyway, um, other than that, and that's really nitpicking. Love Zemeckis, love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I admit I'm a little bit of a fanboy for him right now. Uh, yeah, it's hard um, to not. I don't be. have to stay that way forever though. Like he's, I'm not saying he's running out as welcome because he's still making good films. But I mean, it's like he's gonna do a stinker pretty soon if uh, Don John wasn't already. Like I didn't see that one so. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't. People didn't you're, rave about it. Like you're just saying, place. you'd be willing to risk your political aspirations. Uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like it's like, it looks like it's like three quarters of a Rocky. You know, I think it's like three quarters of a Rocky. So I give it a great. All right. And the second one is The Martian. This one's directed by Ridley Scott, starring Matt Damon and yeah. Jessica Matt Chastain Damon. and Kristen Wiig. Who's it star? Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. I, you know what? I'm going to say this before anyone, before because Rob's making the face. AMC Mike will go first. No, no. What I'm going to say is he has turned out to be a very, like he has grown a lot as an actor. And I'm actually not making fun of him when I do, when I do that with his name. It's just. You're remembering the joy of that moment in Team America. In Team America, it was so funny when they kept saying his name like that, that I can't help it when I hear his name. The face I was making wasn't because I think that you're making fun of Matt Damon. It's because the two, there was this weird thing that started when you came on the podcast that I wasn't used to. 
That was Slinky making a joke and you making the exact same joke two seconds later. Or you making a joke and him making the same joke two seconds later. <laughs> that had never happened before. And so when you joined the podcast years ago, there were a couple things. Like every time I said phenomenon. Do, 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 do. Right? Mm-hmm. And then whenever I would say Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Okay, so the thing is, it's oddly consistent now. Like, we have two years worth. And so this guy's not going to quit making movies anytime soon. Right. And I see it coming. And I can't <laughs> I know it's going to happen. So the look you see on my face is, man, in a minute, I'm going to have to say his name. And so, like, if you were to watch from, like, the begin, like from two years ago to now... I quit saying his name as much. Yeah, I say you, it as, yeah you I did. Say it as little, and the reason is because I'm going to hear the same joke within just half a second, and that's the joke. The joke is you say it, and then he says it. And then he says it, and you say it. And I'm going to hear it a lot of times. So what I've noticed One is within day, me... you'll see Team America and understand. But I've seen Team America, and I already understand... Was it, no, it was Kenny that hadn't seen it, wasn't it? Must be. There was somebody on yeah, the show. Yeah, and, and it was ridiculous because if that if if that movie was made for anyone, it was made for Kenny. <laughs> right. So anyway, that's the look. The look you see is I see it coming. I know it's going you're to like happen. the train. The train is and barreling at me. You guys have like two or three of those that I always thought were just his jokes. No. And then I realized these are your jokes, plural. You have couple <laughs> jokes, and. I mean, you know, I love doing the podcast with you guys as a couple. It's just, it's a little unnerving every time. It's been that way for two years. I don't want it to change. If you didn't do it, then I would be worried. Well, like, because when you're married, you become a little bit of a hive mind. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, you know. I get that. And and, and Slinky and I are... you're making fun of he who cannot be named. Voldemort? So, no, you know who. Voldemort. So anyway, so what, what do you think what of you, the movie? Well, um, I think, uh, you know, anytime you can get Ridley Scott to direct a space movie, you're, I think, in for a fun ride. Um, you know, there may not be any engineers or aliens in this, but yeah. but we do have, you know, um, I think it looks like some excitement. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so, I, and and I think... They, you know, they knocked it out of the park by having that line in the trailer, you know, where he says, "I'm going to science the the blank out of this." Yeah, you know, yeah, like, for real. Yeah. like if, I mean, brave to to make the tagline of your film a curse word. Yeah, but like, just in the context it right. that it's, he, so, it's, right. so, it's so, so perfect. Right. Yeah, you know, um, the movie is benefiting from a rather timely oh. announcement about water on Mars. Right. Uh, but is also being hurt by it because, you know, a good portion of the film is about his quest to figure out what to do about water because right, there's sure. no water on Mars. <laughs> Surprise! Footnote! Uh, we, <laughs> now found, there is... we found some! Um, it's just not where he's at on right. Mars. Right, yeah, it's just not where he's yeah. at. Yeah, <sighs> so, uh, but apparently this is based on a very popular science fiction book Yeah. Um, and that I'm not familiar with, but... Uh, you know, I gotta say, this looks like. All right, do you remember Gravity from a few years ago? I was right? waiting for you to say it. This I was movie for you to say it. looks like Gravity, except instead of having the instead of Sandra Bullock getting it, the Oscar, he's gonna get it. No, I think instead. <laughs> well, possibly. Yeah, yeah. I, I would be. <laughs> but but I think instead of getting that story 
where it's this intense internal personal sad drama journey i think instead what we're going to get is is sort of the i referenced it earlier but i think we're going to get like you know gravity except with some like rudy to it you know like some some sort of uh i I, you know i'll let carrie talk more about it because i know that that it was it was her big her big thing but there's a a a sense of like apollo 13 to this disaster like the world coming together for him uh, right that lends a positivity well what about you so i'm gonna grade it what about um i'm grading the heck out of it i i think that the, there, there is a moment in the in the you trailer. Gone for the, you I know. Gone you for the cuss it, was, word. it would have been it like the one. The one. It was the moment. <laughs> I'm gonna greet the shit out of this. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, I was waiting. I, I was know. like, we're about to have this epic moment. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, when when his uh, when his helmet starts to crack, crack, and he's uh, taping it, and like. Your heart starts breaking. You're just like, no, no, you, you've got to, like, yeah. it feels like one of those movies where all of humanity puts aside their differences. Like, it's, 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 a, strangely, it's almost, the trailer anyway, is almost this feel good, like, if we all hope enough and pray enough, they can get him home. And, like, to me, like, it's going to be, um, I am going to be so upset if at the end of it he just dies. So you're giving it a hate. No, I'm grading it. I think it's going to be wonderful. And I'm I'm just holding out that they made us a, a, a feel-good movie. Sure. To, to show that. Well, the beauty of movies like this is there's no promise, right? Yeah, like, I know. you got to go into it with that bit of worry. I, yeah. Oh, no, it's got to be good. It's got to be. No, I, I think, because, uh, I mean, for a trailer to, to stir me, mm-hmm. like, to, to get me riled up to where I'm like, no, we can do this, you know, like, mm-hmm. it just, it looks good. And, like, the idea, like, that his team will turn around and go get him. Like, sure. that that one person's life is worth that. Right. Is awesome. Well... For me, I'm kind of like, I think it goes almost without saying that I would greet this film. Like anyone who knows me in the kind of movies that I like would say, oh, Rob's going to Rob's gonna love this human drama triumph film. Like mm-hmm. That's right up my alley. Triumph, that was the word I was looking um, for. I'm kind of in this weird space with the film where I sort of feel like, what more does he need to prove as an actor before the world takes this dude serious? Well, like he's wait, liked, who? but he's not. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. You can't get me. Um, but uh, can I address, jump in and address that for just a second? The problem is that he came out swinging super hard in a movie that we look back on now and go, you know, he really wasn't that good in Goodwill Hunting. Uh, and then, no, made, you've always said and that. The world doesn't all say that. You do. You got an Oscar nod for that film. You know, I mean, enough people disagreed with you that he got nominated for an Oscar at the time. I mean, you know, enough I mean, enough people enough people a, thought Titanic be, was was like Oscar worthy. This might be one of those weird moments where you and I just disagree. But like, how many post Goodwill Hunting articles are there where people are like looking back, going, "I was really wrong about him." I mean, like you're talking about like there's a community of people saying this. I'm just uh, no, I, hold, hold on. I think what Slinky is saying is that people don't people aren't still like you know 
let's pop in Goodwill Hunting. Because Matt it Damon's was, performance was so it, good. Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't. I think what he's saying is that that it, I think it's just not as rememberable as people wanted it to be, hoped it was going to be. Maybe. I mean, I, for me, I just feel like like when I think of him, that's not even what I think of. You know what I mean? Although, like, I to me, it's not bad. Like, I didn't think his performance in Goodwill Hunting was was bad. You know, uh, some people did. And yeah. they said so at the time. I mean, Slinky said so, I think, yeah. at the time. We, although, I think, if I recall right, your big issue was with the writing with right. that film, right? Like, yeah. the, the, the writing with the film was a big deal. But um, and, and that, there are articles about saying that maybe we, weren't, we were wrong. Well, yeah, that. and there were articles about it at the time. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but so, like, for me, I don't have, like, some sort of weird uh, Matt Damon issue. Matt <laughs> Damon. <laughs> so, anyhow... Um, I just don't because, like, you, you can go you can go through so many of his films and just go. It's good. I mean, the Born Identity movies alone, you go, man, those are so much better than they have to be only because of him, right? Right? Like, other than that, they're just like regular spy films. Yeah, no, he's but he's he elevates the film. He elevates the Ocean's Eleven and Ocean Twelve films. You know, what I mean, I mean, there's a great cast in both of those films. But in particular, him in that, like, nerdy role. Mm-hmm. The talented Mr. Ripley, he's scary. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's a lot, like, and uh, and so, like, in The Departed, did he get an Oscar nod for The Departed too? He did, right? Uh, I don't know. I think he did. I don't recall. But so, like, I just keep thinking, like, how many films does he have to do? And so, in a sense, this mirrors, like, when Slinky said, it reminds him of Gravity. It reminds me of Gravity also, but not just because of gravity, but also in the way that he and Sandra Bullock are the same. Like, I, when Gravity came out, Slinky and I kept saying on the podcast over and over, like, what more does this woman have to do to make you happy? Like, she's been in the blind side. She was in Speed. She was in Miss Congenia. Like, she's funny. She's scary. She's this. Yeah. She's the, like, you know, there are just certain things. We think about De Niro and how celebrated it is. You know, we talked about him on the last cast. Yes. And, like, how he's celebrated because he's been everything from Raging Bull to the Godfather, to now the intern. Right. And meet the Fockers, right? And that's like when you see like this big breadth of work. And I feel like, uh, I feel like he has done that. And so I'm glad to see him in The Martian. And for me, Ridley, Scott being the director, it's, that's, to me, that's the make or break for the film. Mm -hmm. Because when Ridley Scott makes a fantastic movie, it's untouchable. And when Ridley Scott makes a really slow, boring film, you don't want to see it. And it, this looks exciting. I think, like Slinky was pointing out, like there's a lot of excitement, yeah. at least in the trailers. Unlike some other so, Matt Damon films, like mm-hmm. We Bought a Zoo. Right! Don't do that movie. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, there's a few. I think everybody's got stinkers, like you pointed out last week. But, but so, yeah, it's not, not We Bought a Zoo. Like, but, but this film, I think, is his Oscar bait. You know, sometimes I wonder. It's Tom Hanks moment. Sometimes I wonder, like when when actors get scripts, like do they go, do do I get to act with a lion? Does the lion talk? Well, no, like like I'm like, do they go like, do I get to hang out with like animals that would be in a zoo for my scenes? Like like you know, do they go? I'm gonna make this crap movie, so that way I get to pet a lion. Sometimes they do. Um, give me a second. Let me, I'm going to, 
M did for a second because I know... I mean, I don't know if Matt Damon did that. Right. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, like, I sometimes I wonder if, like, people are like, I want to be in this fancy movie so I can have all there the dresses. There is a very famous or, story that Elijah Wood tells because people always look at his career and they go, you were in all of these amazing films as a child actor. Right. And right in the middle of them is Flipper. What were you thinking? Right. And he right. Always, I remember he this. He always says, I was thinking, swim with dolphins for 20 weeks? Heck yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so the answer is sometimes. Yeah. And that's awesome. I think the interesting thing in the We Bought a Zoo scenario is a lot of people don't realize what that movie was supposed to be. We've talked about that in depth on the show, too. Like, like it came across as like... It was supposed like, to be We Bought a Terrorist Training Camp, which would have been <laughs> fascinating. But instead, right at the last minute, the studio executive swept in and was well, like... what happened was... We like, were thinking a zoo. Wasn't the issue that, like, it's actually supposed to be like a touching... Kind of a touching sort of serious drama about a family whose life is falling apart. And instead, like, the studio suddenly was like, that won't play. We need something more silly. And so it went into, like, weird rewrites. And so, the, like, you uh, got, like, a depressing comedy. Okay. You know? And so, yeah. like, like, I, like I, don't, I don't remember. Slinky told me about it on one of the shows in the past when it first came out. But uh, anyway, the, the thing is, like, with, with him in particular, I just don't think he's got anything left to prove. He's done it all at this point. To, for me, when I look at his when I look at his his list of, of credits, like to me there is a distinct point right around halfway through his career where he stopped being kind of a boring joke to me and uh-huh. actually went Oh he's making I movies that act. matter. Yeah, I mean and, and we could disagree on his early films, but for me, there was a clear point at which uh, I saw what is it shift and and I thought, Oh, He's, Someone gave him a pointer, and he suddenly become, got it. Yeah, he's become a, a decent actor. Where's the shift for you? Um, for me, it's kind of somewhere right around right around the Born Identity. Film. The first Born film, right? When everybody goes, wait a minute, like <coughs> he just kicked a bunch of dudes' asses. Yeah, and he looked real. Like it right. didn't like like I remember well, going I into it thinking, kind of is he going to look like pretty too. boyish? And I even, but I even think though you can see the difference because that film, uh, the the first Born Identity film, is right in the middle of the first two Oceans films. Yeah. He did Ocean 11's, 11, then he did Born Identity, and then he did Ocean 12. And I think even the two Ocean movies, the difference in him between the first and second one is, is very large. It is, it is. And so, like, you know, I, I don't know. You know, before that, he was, I, I'm like, I don't, I know everybody talks about how great he was in Talented Mr. Ripley. I don't see it. I'm sorry. I, I just, I didn't see it. I didn't see that him being amazing in, you know, uh, Goodwill Hunting. I didn't think he was particularly amazing in, in Saving Private Ryan. Although to be fair, I also don't much care for Saving Private Ryan. So some of, some of, right. yeah. some of that could be bleed for the fact that I just I didn't thought like Ripley was boring, but he was good. I thought, I think Goodwill Hunting is a good movie with just some <laughs> fatal flaws and he's not one of them. And I think Saving Private Ryan, you know, let's face it, his part is small. Yeah. You know, he, he, he shouldn't be hailed for Saving Private Ryan because he's the dude that's in the last ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So. Well, there you go. There you go. So we both, both, two. We all grade that film. We graded both films. Yeah. 
It was all great. It was full greats. So go to the movie theater this weekend. That's right. You should go and check them out. Check out both these movies. And with that, it's time to say goodbye. Is this going to be our goodbye music? I don't know. Leave it on. Let it play. You sure? Yeah, let it play. No, it's already going. Let it go. It's already going. We can go back to Country Time Jubilee. No, 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 I I think we're good with this. Until next week, I'm Rob and I love movies. I'm AMC Mike and I love movies. I'm the Hollywood Slinky and I love movies. Let's Let's all love love movies together. together. Just let that play a minute. Yeah, just let it go. This is one of those times when I'm glad that the Ken Dog is no longer on our podcast. Yeah. Let it go. We'll see you next time. Lights, camera, Cleveland.